Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. Good afternoon. My name is Ed, and I'm a recovering sexaholic. Welcome to the panel on uh, Recovery and Quality of Sobriety. I will be the moderator for this panel. Our panelists for this session are Russell and Ed. Each will share for 7 to 10 minutes on the topic. We will then open the meeting for sharing. Please join me in welcoming our panelists. Uh, good afternoon. I'm Russell. I'm a recovering sexaholic. Um, I guess my uh, every time I go to a meeting and we read the problem, the first paragraph there always kind of hits me at home. It says, "Many of us felt inadequate, unworthy, alone, and afraid. All right, insides never match what we saw on the outsides of others." And I think that started early on in my childhood. Um, I never felt good enough or, uh, you know, up to other people's standards. I never thought I was up to, you know, my friends and uh, people that I knew. Um, so that's continued on through my life. Um, my first wife left me, um, she went out looking for other help from other people. She turned turned to other people and turned against me. Um, probably because of my acting out, and I did not show her any love or affection because of my addiction. Um, my second wife left me two years ago for the same reason. Um, and I finally realized that I was a sexaholic and that my problem wasn't going to go away on my own. Um, uh, luckily, my, my second wife is a alcohol recovering alcoholic. She's been sober for 14 years now. She understood the problem, and I went to SA. Um, <clears throat> I found a sponsor. Um, going through the steps was... Um, pretty tough. I mean, to sit down and to spill your guts to somebody that you don't really know all that well, um, and to tell them all the things and that you have done in the past that have you done wrong, um, it's quite an awakening experience. And then we got into step two, and I had a real problem with religion. I was never a religious person. I didn't have any spirituality. I didn't even know what God was. 
And I was working through the steps on step two. I was working on it. I was really struggling with the whole concept of God. And I was sitting there and I was trying to do work to step. And my wife said, what's the problem? And I said, I don't understand this thing about God. And she said, well, what don't you understand? And I said, I just don't even know what God is. And she said, well, she had heard in an essay, in a, a meeting one time a fellow described God as a good orderly direction and I thought well that's pretty simple uh, I'm a pretty simple person I you know um, that sounds that sounds about right I can figure that out I can I can go with that um, so I've continued to work into steps um, went to step four that was uh pretty difficult it took me several months to get through that but anyway just working through the steps with my sponsor who was really helped me out and 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 worked with me at every every step of the way and as we'd go through the steps he would correct me or um show me where i was going wrong or what what i needed to do right and just working the steps and and figuring out that the reason my my wives had left me wasn't their fault. It was my fault. And the things I had done in the past um, were leading up to a lot of problems. Um, since then, um, my wife and I, we actually have a relationship now. Um, we talk. We don't... Uh, I'm finding I have a lot more free time. I'm uh, getting a lot more accomplished around the house. I don't spend hours in front of the computer. I don't spend hours in front of my phone. Uh, um, Lord, my driving skills have even gotten better. Uh, <laughs> that hit home, didn't it? <laughs> um, <clears throat> But I'm finding a better quality of life. Um, I've reached out to friends. Um, I was an introvert for a long time. I didn't want to talk to people. I, I, I had a business that I closed because I couldn't stand people. And I re- <clears throat> that's pretty bad when you're a photographer and you can't stand people. Um, but I realized it wasn't them so much. It was me. And, um, and 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 so um i'm just living a better life now um like i said i'm getting things done around the house i i do you know uh i've enjoyed working i've just retired again for the second time i don't know how long that'll last but uh i'm finding a better quality of life now and through this rooms and the meetings and working the steps and people like you um my life has gotten a lot better thank you hey i'm ed R. i'm a sexaholic Hi, ed. Uh, i'm grateful that i am a sexaholic um, when I first got in the uh, rooms, I heard somebody say that, and I thought they were crazy. And uh, turned out I was crazy. <laughs> um, so um, now I don't remember when I started saying that, but it was it was some time later. Um, obviously, after working the steps with a sponsor, um, and so that's what recovery looks like for me. Um, 
you know, the big book says, uh, one of my favorite passages in it, uh, page 82, we feel a man is unthinking when he says that sobriety is enough. When I first got in the program, I thought I just needed to quit acting out. And I said in another meeting, it's, it's, that's what I thought when I first got, you know, into the meetings. I just wanted to quit acting out. And then they said, uh, lust is a problem. I was like, well, okay, uh, that makes sense. Okay, I'll just quit lusting. <laughs> and, and, uh, yeah, that didn't work out too well. <laughs> and then they said, they kept changing, you know, the rules and it's like, okay. They, they said, lust is not really my problem. Well, then what is my problem? I mean, the problem is you. No, 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 no. Uh, I love what some people say in the program. Uh, I'm a sexaholic and my problem is me. <laughs> you know, and that's just it. Uh, it's my broken thinking. Uh, I have a broken thinker. So, um, you know, what occurred to me at some point in recovery is that, uh, Gosh, I have to be told that I'm powerless over lust. That just doesn't come naturally to me, you know? I have to be told that. There's, there's 12 steps that, that I have to be told. This is how you live your life. Um, and so, uh, the other thing that I've learned is taking the actions and the feelings will follow. That's a huge one for me. Uh, because if I wait till I feel like it, I'm never gonna do it. And, uh, and then I love what the white book says, you know, step 12 and a half. Um, uh, on page 145 took the actions of love to improve our relations with others and that can be something as simple as what Ken Jay shared you know washing the dishes cleaning the the um, microwave oven you know just whatever uh, just doing that taking the actions of love so that's um, that's part of my uh, quality of sobriety uh, and recovery um, and so uh, the big thing, and I, and I see, um, Brad over here, almost forgot your name. Uh, he and I shared back and forth this word attitude is in the white book over a hundred times. And we, we, uh, there's a document that's available on mediafire.com slash daily reprieve if you want to look it up. It's in the PDF section. Um, and it's there's so the word attitude in the white book, and then the ad, word attitude in the big book, and the word attitude in the uh, ninety days of meditation, and it's in there a bunch. You know, uh, surrender is an attitude. Lust as an ad, is an attitude demanding that a natural instinct. Thank you, sir. So, um, you know, it's in there all over the place. It's amazing. So, you know, my attitude has a lot to do with my quality of sobriety. Um, I can be driving down the road. Uh, you know, tra- my reaction to traffic is usually my indicator of my spiritual condition. <laughs> uh, I can be driving down the road and somebody, you know, dart in front of me, you know, I'm flipping them off, whatever. My spiritual condition is not, not that good that day, you know. But other days they might do it and I'll, oh, okay, well, they must be in a hurry, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm in Zen, man. You know, <laughs> I don't know what it is, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I, that's always a gauge for me. Um, I mentioned that in an open AA meeting, uh, in, in a fellowship after an open AA meeting, uh, where we all got together, um, for dinner afterward. And I mentioned that, and one of the AA members said, shut up. <laughs> they didn't want to hear that. They weren't ready to hear it, I guess. But that's okay. Uh, I wasn't either when I first heard it. And uh, so, um, yeah, I, I am grateful for this program. I uh, can't be grateful enough. 
I've heard that said before, and that is very true for me. So um, I think that's all i got to share. Thanks. Thanks. The meeting is open for sharing. If you would like to share something with uh, the panelists or the group, you can move to the chair and you can make a cue right here. We're going to ask that you ask you keep your sharing to two minutes. I'm John, recovering sexaholic. Um, I want to thank you all for sharing and, and your honesty. Um, when I think of sobriety um, in the religion of my origin, um, it talks about dying. And what I found that uh, in my sobriety, I have to die and be willing to give up things and surrender. And uh, I remember when my sponsor said, um, well, maybe you need to give up the computer except for work. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you thinking? And then when I did that, it was like my life got better. And uh, as I've I think my sobriety has gotten better as I've been willing to give up and surrender and die. And uh, uh, my sponsor, I, I would have never seen that even even though my religion teaches it. I don't. It, that went right over my head. And um, I learned it here in in these rooms uh, with folks like you. And I'm really grateful for that. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Mike. I'm a sexaholic recovering. Uh, it would uh, seem that uh, by my age that I would be in the 20 or 30 year group. Uh, actually, I've got three years sobriety. Uh, I wasted my whole life in addiction and uh, it has gotten much better now that uh, that's behind me. What I was going to say is that on the, I began, I became sober on April 14, 2015, and there have been no slips after that. So I have remained sober for, you know, right at the three year mark. However, recovery really didn't start. Well, it started when, when I stopped, when I became sober, but <clears throat> recovery really started. <coughs> After my uh, sponsor and I went through all of uh, step four, which took about five months, and uh, I made so many, uh, I had so many um, um, complaints about my uh, my wife that uh, it just went on and on and on and on and on, and. Uh, once that was done, we went into step five. And that took a long time, hours and hours over many weeks, <clears throat> in which my um, uh, sponsor took me back over all of those uh, complaints I had, uh, and that word is flying past my head. All of those resentments <laughs> would... would uh, but it went back as I kept telling the story uh, in so much detail, which he had already heard many times, uh, going back to the resentments, going back to the resentments. And it was a very powerful, powerful uh, activity and experience for me. And within 
weeks, two weeks tops, after that experience, all of those resentments flew away. And I do not have those resentments. And that was a God thing. And the miracle was brought about through not only God, but through his messenger, my sponsor, and my work, and my devotion in trying to change my life. So sobriety started when I stopped acting out. Recovery started when I let go of the resentment. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys, panel and moderator. Thank you guys again for being here. I'm Charles, I'm a sexaholic. I don't have a home group with a telephone, but I'm honest today. Um, positive sobriety, positive recovery. Let me see. After my sponsor helped me work through the steps real quick, I managed to stay sober a good three years before my first slip. But during those three years, going back to the exact nature, you know, he told me to pray for that SOB that I had a resentment for. And once I quit um, hating them, I forgave them, I quit hurting them. And they, I detached from them. I had internalized them, those SOBs, as uh, part of me. I had owned something that I should have ever owned. Um, positive recovery for me helped me be able to have the guts to feel what I had to feel when I look back at post traumatic stress events that happen. Um, God did for me what I couldn't do for myself, but it's only through the steps. It was through a lot of hard work. It was a lot of courage and fear. I'm still subject to mess up tomorrow, but for today, I can call somebody. I can stay connected in my higher power. I can say the exact nature of what's going on with me without dying or falling to pieces or dissociating or running and hiding um, because I know today with higher power I'm accepted, I'm approved, I'm adequate fully pleasing and deeply loved all those other higher powers of my childhood that imprinted on me their crap and sickness I can pray for them somebody asked me when my daughter's fiance relapsed on narcotics and involve me what I think about it they wanted some comments I said well if I can pray for a child molester or an abuser and pray for myself I can pray for a narcotic addict that hurt my daughter um, that's the gift of the program is I don't have to use again or act out again because of other people's behavior it is hard as heck some days to surrender um, but the meetings and calling guys like you all and listening to you guys is what helps me stay sober. And of course, it's always good to have a good sponsor. Right. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Charles. Hey, everyone. I'm Steve Sexolic, North Carolina. Um, Thank you for the shares. Thank you for the leads. Um, the quality of sobriety uh, topic reminds me of a reading uh, that I found on the uh, the Daily Reprieve site. Um, 
Thank you for your service. Um, but it, it's the first, the foundation reading uh, from Daily Reflections that talks about, you know, first the foundation is stopping acting out, um, laying that concrete slab to, to build the house of recovery. Um, and at first I wasn't used to working the program, so the first room was kind of rickety. Uh, but the more I work the program, the more I work the steps, uh, the stronger the walls and, um, you know, the happier the home. And that's been my experience that, you know, working the steps, being able to remove me from me, um, get myself out of the way and rely on a higher power that I'm able to show up more in my relationships with others than I could before. Uh, you know, before talking about, you know, doing little acts of service in the house, you know, washing the dishes and things like that. You know, like it says in the white book or some of our literature, you know, I wanted a big standing ovation for, for doing those little things. Um, but the thing is, I, you know, the things that my wife would ask me to do, Probably nine, 90% of that stuff I would forget or wouldn't do, wouldn't follow through. I wouldn't show up. And the other 10%, you know, I was expecting that big ovation of, well, look what I did. Um, and it never came. Um, it was always a 90% I was forgetting about that I heard about. Um, but through the program, I'm able to show up in those ways to remember to stop at the grocery store, pick up the milk. And maybe while I'm there, pick up some flowers, too, because I know my wife likes flowers. You know, to think of, to go above and beyond and to do those things without the expectation of any recognition. Because it's simply doing the things that are part of a relationship. And um, that's been a big awareness for me. So, thank you. Hey guys, I'm Justin. I'm addicted to lust. Um, and I just wanted to, I wanted to share about the quality of recovery, um, some of the quality that I've experienced. Um, I don't have a lot of sobriety right now, 24 days, so um, I had a bunch of slips in this program. But what I've learned more than anything is I really just have one day at a time. And it can be an awesome day if I allow God and His presence to uh, to control that day, if I just surrender that. Um, I think the quality that I can experience um, in that is uh, me not being resentful. You know, I like to be a very resentful person at work, carry a lot of resentments underneath and push them down. And today I don't have to do that. Um, I can be honest with people about what I think. Um, and have good boundaries today. I think that's a huge difference um, in what I have learned through this program um, that my higher power shows me. If my wife asks me what my opinion is on something, then I don't have to be codependent or um, passive-aggressive. Or I can actually share what my opinion is without holding back and then allow her to share her opinion. It sounds real simple, but for me it's not simple. For me, it's rationalizations and, you know, passive aggressiveness trying to work their way. So, uh, for me, it comes down to honesty, 
um, you know, surrendering those resentments, praying for the people that I resent. Uh, I remember at one point in time, a few months ago, just being miserable. I mean, this is the opposite of quality, right? <laughs> of uh, sobriety. Just being miserable with resentment at work. Um, I've got a tough boss who um, I let I let that get to me sometimes. And, um, you know, the other day I had a tough interaction with him. And, and I walked away and I didn't say anything harsh. And I wanted to judge him so badly, but... I just prayed for him. I surrendered it. I, I uh, got some guidance from my sponsor, from others in the program. You know, how would you deal with a situation? You know, what is what is the right attitude to have here? I don't want to be selfish, but I don't want to say something that would be harmful. Um, and that that's been huge. Um, so just trying to carry God through the day in those those little ways. And I love the idea shared about you know how I can be a positive person at home you know what what can i do for my kids and my wife you know how can i be thoughtful proactive you know what what little things can i do that i would never have thought about doing in my addiction um you know emptying the dishwasher when i get up that's a huge one for my wife very encouraging you know um just little things like taking out the trash and you know cleaning stuff up um you know i came from a childhood background where my dad wasn't around. He just wasn't home, period. He was working all day, um, and he didn't do anything when he got home. And so um, that was that was pretty tough. Uh, her dad did everything. He cooked, cleaned, worked his ass off, and he's an awesome guy. Um, so I, I had to kind of step into those shoes uh, slowly, and, and, and God's shown me each day what I can do to be a positive uh, husband and father and uh, and also a good sponsee who shares from the heart, you know, not rationalizing, uh, you know, what I do and why I do it and what the beliefs are. You know, my sponsor just wants to know the stuff. What did you do? <laughs> and that makes me a better person when I share that, you know, when I'm uh, honest with my group. Um, all those things make my uh, quality of recovery so much better today than they could have ever been two and a half years ago on my best day. Um, so thanks. Hey everybody, I'm Brad Sexaholic. Really been a good day. I'm I'm really tired, so I know I've been learning something or I feel the drain. Uh, page one thirty three in the big book says we're sure God wants us to be happy, joyous and free. We can't subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears, though it once was just that for many of us. But it's clear that we made our own misery. God didn't do it. Avoid then the deliberate manufacture of misery. But if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate His omnipotence. And I had this idiot for a sponsor and you know I would call him up and I have the problem of the day you know the the problem du jour we all have and he'd say what a great opportunity to get closer to God (laughs) and I'm like no you don't understand it's not an opportunity it's a problem and I remember you know the, the the the, 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 the peak of this whole thing is his insanity I called him up one day my son had been arrested for resisting arrest apparently it took seven 
Metro Police to get him down one night. It must have been a slow night for the cops. But I call him up. I called my sponsor, Scott. I said, my son's been been arrested. He said, great, congratulations. And I'm like, this was his approach to life. And he taught me that. You know, that these are opportunities to capitalize on challenges. These are, this, this is how we learn. And, you know, I always thought, I, I was talking to a sponsee recently, and he was telling me his trouble. And I said to him, I said, man, you're not doing any, you're building a monument to your disease. You're just sitting here, isn't that amazing, you know, and my this and my that. And you're just building this this monument to your illness. I said, that doesn't work. You know, we got to get out of the monument business and start getting into the recovery business. And I, I tell my sponsees, and I practice this myself, if I make a mistake, if I go into that toxic shame, I get to feel bad about it once. You know, you get you get one opportunity to go, oh, that was a mistake. And what did I learn from it? Because the shame is part of what kills me. It's not it, it, it's as dangerous as the resentments for me. And just a couple more things. I've been fo- I've been reading about the the doctor's opinion where he talks about the familiar uh, stages of a spree where an alcoholic or sexaholic gets the phenomenon of craving, they act out, they feel remorse, and then they make this firm resolve. And the firm resolve is what kills me. Firm resolve is my best my best thinking, my ego's best response to the shame and the acting out. Well, I won't do that again. Well, that's a guarantee that ain't gonna, that I can't not do it. I'm powerless over lust. It's going to happen again. So the firm resolve is what kills me. And what I have to learn to do right there in that spree is surrender and let go of my ego's best thinking and live in that place of surrender. Don't make judgments about my lust. And just live in the surrender, and go do what this thing these y'all taught me to do, and that's a positive sobriety. I emailed a friend of mine recently. I said, "There's a scary thing happened in my life. I'm starting to get a positive attitude, and I'm starting to believe that good things could happen in my life." And you know, that's a new new for me. And. Uh, he said that's okay because we got a kind, loving, higher power who is the the spirit of the universe underlying the totality of this. And if that's God, that's who God is, then then it's probably a good idea to have a positive attitude about it. And just go for it. I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Thanks. <laughs> See, um, um, yeah, let's see. Alex Sexaholic. <clears throat> um, yeah, for myself. Um, um, yeah, I uh, was uh, thinking uh, that in my recovery, uh, there's places where um, 
where where I need uh, to uh, go a little uh, deeper. Um, um, so currently uh, taking another pass uh, through the fourth step. Um, uh, you know, and I was thinking that, you know, uh, if I'm cleaning my house, um, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I'll, uh, do a light cleaning, um, um, and sometimes that's all that I need to do, uh, but other times, um, I need to go a little, uh, deeper, um, <clears throat> um, so, yeah, and that's really, um, uh, where, where, where I find myself, uh, currently at least, um, uh, there's still, uh, some, you know, there's still some, uh, re re um, resentments, um, um, uh, some areas where, um, uh, I still, you know, I, uh, deal with fear, um, anger, um, um, so, you know, but, you know, I, I have these tools, um, um, and, um, um, yeah, and I, yeah, um, yeah, lately, uh, or recently, um, I uh, had, you know, had kind of a ongoing resentment, uh, toward, uh, somebody, and, um, but, you know, I, I, I did some work, uh, some four-step work, um, um, uh, and I found, uh, where, you know, I found where, where I was at fault, um, uh, and where, where, where I had wrongly judged this person, um, um, and, um, so, you know, and, and later, uh, when I saw this individual, um, um, again, you know, um, you know, I was just able to have a very nice conversation, um, uh, with this person without, um, without all that resentment, um, you know, and I felt, you know, uh, you know, just a lot freer, and, um, uh, so, <clears throat> you know, uh, that's kind of a reminder, uh, that if I do my work, um, uh, you know, my, my, um, um, if, um, yeah, if I do my part, uh, my higher power, you know, does his, um, and, um, so, uh, so I was just kind of thinking about, you know, for me it's been, I've been sober, uh, for a while, um, uh, but it's really, you know, to have that quality sobriety, for me it's been about going, just digging a little deeper, cleaning, um, uh, uh, out some of the grout, you know, that gets, in between the tiles and um, um, 
So, you know, for me anyway, that's borne some good fruit. Um, so, thanks. Uh, to talk about this part of my recovery, but when you have all this time on your hand, you know, you can start learning how to do stuff that you always do. <laughs> so, um, for, for the recording, I was juggling. <laughs> so, I wanted to juggle since I was a kid, probably, I don't know, five, ten years old. I finally took it up. Um, uh, September of 2016 and uh, so you know decades later and the reason I didn't juggle during that time when I wanted to and then I finally did is fear if I couldn't do it right the first time the heck with it that was that, was, that drove everything um, guitar playing I learned how to play the guitar uh, took some lessons played in front of my church one time uh, and did the Rubik's Cube Finally figured that sucker out, <laughs> and uh, hadn't touched it since. I need to know. <laughs> you know, shines off the apple. Now I've already done. Um, so, but uh, you know, since you, well, since I'll put it on me. Since I had all this time on my hand, you know, nature boards a vacuum. So you know, there's recovery work, of course. You know, don't discount that, of course. But uh, now I can in quality of sobriety and recovery, I can actually do things that I couldn't do before and not be fearful of doing them. Like, God, I wish I could do that. And so I started juggling, and uh, I was dropping the heck out of the balls. And But as as God would have it, a month later, there was a juggling festival. Yes, there are juggling festivals. <laughs> a bunch of jugglers get together, and they just juggle together and have just have a grand old time. It's a blast. Uh, so I, I went up there. I was in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, got some tips, and it just made. I mean, because I just did that. That's you know, <laughs> that was just amazing. So uh, that's been the biggest fun uh, in my recovery is just discovering those things that I thought I could never do, and that that alone takes away that regret that I used to live with that will take me out. Okay? So. Thanks. Thanks. Hello, Ben, uh, recovering sex addict. Uh, as somebody was talking, it just came to me that um, the uh, having, being sobriety, uh, going through sobriety, um, being sober, is is nice, but the the spirituality that uh, I'm gaining uh, by paying attention to my higher power, the um, uh, emotions I'm experiencing now by by not isolating, by not uh, um, you know not avoiding, not um, uh, sort of um, blocking myself from the world. Being more vulnerable, being more authentic, um, the 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 sphere of emotions is expanding, and I'm able to feel more deeply and experience life more fully. And I think that's um, 
taking the time to uh, pay attention to my feelings and experiencing the more is is a great um, benefit of this um, process. So, uh, something else I was going to say, and it just totally escaped me, so I'll just stop there. Thank you. <laughs> I'm Andy, I'm a sexaholic. Um, it's a great line in uh, What is a Sexaholic and What's Sexual Sobriety? It says, Until we have been driven to the point of despair, until we really wanted to stop but could not, we did not give ourselves to this program of recovery. And uh, there's a there's a great great switch that happens um, we turn that point of despair into the point of surrender and when it's a point of despair you know I'm being dragged kicking and screaming to the first step and it's it's you know awful and as soon as I turn it into surrender that becomes the bedrock of, of, of my recovery and, and that's you know I thy will not mine be done has taken on a whole new meaning to me because uh, that used to be like oh god okay you know we'll do it your way even though it's not going to be very much fun you know and and what I realize is that it's thy will not mine be done please 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 um, because it's always been my will that's been my problem um, and and God's will has always been joyful and fun and deeper and richer sometimes more deeper and richer than I was prepared for at the time um, no no, not than I was prepared for it It seems scary at times you know but but God's will has always led to wonderful things in my life um, and that's and that becomes a bedrock for me um, that joyful um, intimacy with God and you know, started with other guys in the program, um, and then has expanded out to intimacy with my wife, and that's very much linked with intimacy with God, you know, um, and the, and the safety of that, and the ease and the comfort of that is uh, is just a, a continuing joy and a continuing surprise, uh, and a, and a real uh, benefit of the program. Thanks. 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 I'm John. I'm a sexaholic, and you've encouraged me to do. Ed has for doing some really great things in the world. So I'm going to learn to juggle too. <laughs> um, three quick things that I, I think that I really wanted to share that have come up in these conversations. And one of them is a little bit outside, so bear with me. Is that I, I've been in and out of sobriety. Uh, I realized for 20 years, um, didn't know what it was, what that meant, what was going on, um, inside of me to do that, come in and out of it, be asked to stop. Part of one of my, um, uh, defects was people pleasing. So I uh, see I'm doing a good thing. <laughs> um, nobody knew it, but I would stop for a while. Um, and it was an interesting thing I saw um, about six months into this recognition of what was really going on where they were talking about the Betty Ford Center on 60 Minutes and they can actually give people a drug 
to make them not get buzzed or drunk from alcohol. But it doesn't do any good if they don't take the pill. <laughs> and so there's this recognition that it only the 12 steps work. The doctors actually said, yeah, we got this great thing that we just figured out, but it doesn't matter if we don't go through the 12 steps and they figure out they don't really want to get drunk. Um, so that was something that when my my doctor, my therapist said, you know, I'm at a point where you need to go do something else. You need to go through the 12 steps. I was ready to, to accept that. And then I got involved with my sponsor, and one of the struggles, what's this guy going to tell me? And um, I appreciate your... I call and I say, this is what's happening today. And he's all good. Here's an opportunity. Um, was one of the things that he came back to is, you know, say the serenity prayer. Use That's what you got to do. But also, be smart enough to put yourself not in a position to have to say the serenity prayer. And that, to me, was very much an eye-opener um, because of the last thing that I'm going to... Everybody likes to jump back to these hundred numbers on the white book but here's one that's very early page 34 is halt and I'm going to cheat from somebody who's in my home group and he constantly talks about how we abuse ourselves, how we allow ourselves to get too tired and that's the abuse that we put on ourselves we let ourselves get too hungry and all of those things are just irritants that give us an opportunity to fail and how many of you know halt Raise your hand. Okay, good. I'm not going to read it then. So thanks for letting me share. Thanks. Hello, Ben, recovering sexaholic. I just remembered what the other thing I was going to say. Um, uh, one thing that I do now that surprises me, and and uh, uh, but I just want to point it out. I think somebody else alluded to it. Is uh, and it is you know thank thank God for the opportunities that come up as bad as they may seem at the time is to uh, to thank God for the pain uh, no pain no gain uh, and as much as you know the the hurt and the the pain uh, hits sometimes and the uh, frustration it brings if you can stop and and look for that opportunity to um, let it sit and realize where it comes from and what what you can do about it and what you can't do about it, but learn from it. Um, so I, I have to remind myself when I'm feeling in pain to, to stop and think about it and where does it come from and what can I learn from it, what can I do differently. Um, and, uh, and sometimes maybe not be able to do anything differently because we're not in control and we can't control others, uh, but just to accept that. So that's uh, welcome the pain. I'm Graham. I'm a sexaholic. I think this fits in kind of with what's been shared about attitude. Um, so for me, what's helpful, one thing that's helpful for quality of sobriety is my daily 10-step review. Um, and I do that in the mornings because nighttime's been a challenge for me to do that and um, one of the things that I really like about the review is the part that says um, what did I contribute to the stream of life and that's exciting that to me is a fun part of okay 
where where are my attitudes? You know, and with lust, I'm a taker. I want to take from you. And with recovery, I get a chance to be a part of, and I get a chance to give. And somebody taught me um, during my day when I'm disturbed, uh, one thing that I can turn to is I can pray. And he said to play hide and seek with God. So I pray, and as much as I can, I try to close my eyes. And then when I close, when I open my eyes, I look for where God is. And for whatever reason, my higher power loves to give me little surprises, whether it's a bumper sticker that is clearly like, this is applicable to what's going on with me, or a t-shirt, or a phrase, someone says a word, and they have no idea that that word means something that's a gift from my higher power. But that to me is such a, it's a, it's, it's my higher power saying, Graham, I delight in you, I love you, and I care about you. And I never had that without being grateful for being a sexaholic, I guess is the way to say it. So anyways, thanks for letting me share. That's all the time we have. Thanks for participating. Please join me in thanking our panel. Anything you've heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of essay are found in our 12 steps and 12 traditions. This is an anonymous program. Please keep the name, address, and phone number of anyone you meet or learn about an essay to yourself. And what you say here, and what you say here, and what you see here, what you say here, let it stay here. Remember, we never identify ourselves publicly with essay in the press, radio, TV, or films. Neither does anyone speak for essay. Let's circle up, and after a moment of silent meditation, I would like to ask Russell to close us. I'd like to make an announcement. If y'all pick your chairs up, take them out to the end of the hall here, go left, and down to the shark. And, and make a left. And I'll appreciate that. And we need to get all these chairs out of here and take them back there. Thank you. That's That's right. Right. Who keeps it sober? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back. It works. If you work it, God.